Hey, thanks for listening to the Murray Hills podcast. This week, I start a series called At the Movies, where we take popular movies and discuss the spiritual themes. So unfortunately, since this is all audio, you don't get to see the clips, but you will get to hear them. And hopefully things translate that way. But I really appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this message. Lord, I ask this morning, as I always do, that you will divide this message hundreds of times so that everyone that hears it will walk away knowing that you spoke to them this morning. God, I ask that I will step back and that every word I speak will be from your lips. And God, I ask that people's lives will be changed today that today will be a milestone, a marker in their life of when they made a commitment to you in a new way. I thank you for this time together this morning. Amen. (sighs) That song (laughs) already has me crying. Thank you, worship team. That was beautiful. So this morning, I get the privilege of introducing to you our movie, Soul. So right now, let's go ahead and watch the trailer. What the? What is this place? What's your name, honey? Uh, I'm Joe. I teach middle school band. Howdy, go for it. Today started out as the best day of my life. Back here tonight, first show's at 7. Yes! Woohoo! You know what that's gonna say? Joe Gardner! <laughs> I did it! I got the gig! Ah! Must have been sudden for you. Ah! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Help! I'm not done! Oh my, oh my goodness! great before. This is where new souls get their personalities, quirks, and interest before they go to Earth. Meet 22. I don't want to go to Earth. Stop fighting this. I don't want to. Uh. Hey, look, I already know everything about Earth, and I don't want anything to do with it. You're missing out on the joys of life, like uh, pizza. I can't smell. We can't, we can't taste either. All that stuff is in your body. No smell, no taste. Or touch. See? Okay, I get it. Wow. It's my life. Is all this living really worth dying for? You're still alive? Can you help me get back? No way! There I am. What are we waiting for? Wait, not me! That's weird. What is it? 151,000 souls go into the great beyond every day, and I count every single one of them. The count's off. Huh. 
soul. I love watching kids' movies, and this movie is no different. I always leave with a grown-up lesson about something I can apply to my life. So if you got a chance to watch this movie before today, hopefully you probably did the same thing. You walked away with thinking about your life a little bit differently. If you have not gotten a chance to watch this movie, make sure that you watch it or come join us tonight at 6 p.m. to see it um, with us together. One thing that's really cool about this movie, it is actually Pixar's first movie with an African-American lead, which is very interesting, 2020. Took a little bit, but they got there. So I wanna give a little synopsis. If you didn't get to see the movie, kind of give you some context um, for what we're talking about this morning. So as you saw in the trailer, the main character, Joe, he is a middle school band teacher. He is unsatisfied with his life. He dreams of being a famous jazz pianist. So finally, he gets the chance of a lifetime to play at the best jazz club in New York City. His dreams have finally come true. He's been working for this his whole entire life. And so he runs out of the club, probably on his way to tell his mother, and he falls into a manhole. So then he is dying in a hospital. His soul is now on its way to the great beyond, which we know of as heaven. And instead of entering heaven, he refuses to die, claws his way out, and ends up in a place called the great before. And that's where he meets that cute little blue soul named 22. 22 has been alive for a really long time and has refused to earn her earth badge to go to heaven. She has no um, interest in experiencing being a human. And so Joe comes up with a really great idea. If he can convince 22 to find her spark and purpose, then he will steal her earth badge and he will be able to go down to heaven, I mean, go down to earth, back into his body to play his gig so his life can finally begin. When I saw this movie, I understood Joe so well. I understood the way he fought so hard for his passion, the way he focused so much on that one thing that it blurred everything around him. The way he walked through life blinded by trying to fulfill what he thought he was created to do. You and I hear that message every single day all around us that our identity and our self-worth are in our career like Joe, in the degrees we receive, the car we drive, the house we live in, the way we look, how many likes and follows we get on social media, that we have not arrived until we have checked the box on one or most of those things. We spend our lives pursuing our passion and our purpose so we can finally be happy and whole. So about three-fourths of the way through the movie, Joe finally makes it back to his body. Hold on a second. That's... <laughs> three-fourths of the way through the movie, um, Joe finally makes it back down to Earth, but there is a switch. Joe ends up inside the body of a cat, and 22 ends up inside the body of Joe. This is 22's worst nightmare. She did not want to have anything to do with the human experience. So it goes through a lot of antics of her trying to figure out how to be in a body. But something happens. And her, she realizes that the human experience is a lot different than she thought. She has food for the first time, New York City pizza and bagels. She has a lollipop. She experienced conversation and love. And she realizes that she actually enjoys being a human. 
But the whole time, Joe is stuck in the cat. He's not paying much attention to what 22 is doing. He is focused on getting his soul back into his body so that he can play his gig. So finally, three-fourths of the way through the movie, Joe gets back to his body. He plays the gig of a lifetime, and he is so happy because he's finally arrived. Everything that he has worked so hard for is coming true. He is jamming. He's living his best life. He is in the zone. The concert ends. The people stand and cheer, and he is happy. He has finally made it. So as he's happy and excited, he talks to Dorothea, who's the leader of the quartet, and he asks, what's next? She says, we get to come back tomorrow and do it all over again. Then suddenly in Joe's face, you see his excitement and his cheer change to sadness, and he feels lost and dejected, and she says, what's wrong? He says, I've been waiting for this moment my whole entire life, and I thought it would feel different. Does that sound familiar to you? Have you been able to attain that one thing that you thought would fill you and make you so happy, but it only left you empty? Let's watch and see what happens next to Joe.
Joe realizes it was all a mirage. He had spent his whole life consumed with this one thing that was gonna make him happy, but it only left him empty because he was missing everything that was happening around him every single day. So now Joe has finally awakened to the truth of what it means to live, but now 22 has become a lost soul, obsessed with trying to find her spark so she can make it back down to earth, bombarded with every negative thought she's ever heard. And so Joe in his new awakening chases her down, grabs her by the hand, and he tells her, your spark is not your purpose. It's what happens when you are ready to fully live. And that line is what brings us to today's message. We only become fully alive when we completely give our lives to Jesus. Salvation is the only thing that makes us fully alive. Salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ a complete trust in who he is and confidence in his work for your sins on the cross. He took the punishment for every sin we have ever committed, past, present, and future. It was an expression of his great love for you. Despite what we hear every day, we don't begin to live when we find our spark and our purpose or our passion. We become fully alive when we give our lives to Jesus, and we lay our will and desires at his feet. In Galatians chapter 2, Paul is writing to the church there, and he's trying to tell them that they cannot be saved. They cannot be made right in the eyes of God by following the law, the commandments, as the false teachers are trying to tell them. They're only in right standing with God through faith in Jesus. Let's look at Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Verse 20 is a verse that we see all the time. We may hear all the time if you've been in church for a while. And perhaps because we've been so familiar with that verse, we have become detached to what Paul is really trying to say about what salvation looks like. So let's take a few minutes to break down what Paul is trying to teach the church there. He says, through the law, I died to the law. The penalty for not keeping the law perfectly before Christ was death. But Paul knew he could never obey all of God's commandments. Not being able to keep the law revealed his desperate need for a rescuer. He only gained God's approval through Christ. Jesus took the wrath of God and died in his place so that he could choose to fully live for God. Then he says, I have been crucified with Christ. He recognizes the weight of Christ's death for his sins and acknowledges that through faith in him, he is united with him in his death and his resurrection. I no longer live. The person he was before he trusted in Christ, Paul, the murderer, the zealot, all his sinful goals and desires, his pride and arrogance, 
pursuit of what the world says, bring joy and deliverance, all of those things were nailed to the cross. But Christ lived in me. He was declaring that Christ who lived in him now directs and empowers every single thing he does. This is what salvation is. Then he continues to say, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. His new identity in Christ is the most important thing about him. I wonder if my identity in Christ is the most important thing about me. Who loved me and gave himself for me, Paul understands that because of Christ's great love for him, he died in his place, a debt Paul knew he could never pay. Then he closes this part of the section with, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, that means Christ died for nothing. He's repeating how he opened the part of the letter reminding the Galatians that they cannot become morally right through what they do. Because if it was possible to be saved through what commandments they obeyed, then what was the point of the cross? If you and I can be saved by what we do, how good we are, then why did Jesus die? When I was growing up as a little girl, I thought that salvation was summed up in me going to church, being a good church girl, only at church when people could see, and reciting what I called the magical prayer. I repeated some words after a pastor, and then magically I was saved. My husband refers to this as fire insurance. He said the prayer as a young boy over and over again to avoid the scary, fiery pit. Empty words that we hoped earned us a free get out of hell card. Then, one day I began to question the imbalance of Christ's painful and humiliating death on the cross and my empty prayer. He was whipped and beaten, stabbed and crucified for me in my place because of my sin. And all I had to do to be saved was say a prayer and go about business as usual. There had to be more. Paul is telling us the gift of salvation requires something from us in return. It is not gained through an empty prayer, not earned through obeying the commandments or trying to be morally good or even coming into a church building. Salvation is acknowledging Christ's death on the cross for our sins. It is laying down our goals and desires. It is giving up who we used to be and intentionally becoming who Christ is wants us to be. It is dying to an identity that is separate from Jesus and all the things the world tells us brings us joy, contentment, satisfaction, and peace. It means having faith and trust in Christ moment by moment as he works through us to guide every single thing we do. This and only this is how we find freedom in living a life devoted to God. This is what salvation looks like. And this is the only way we become fully alive. Are you alive this morning?
At the end of the movie, Joe is finally at peace with entering the great beyond. He realizes that he lived a good life, even though he never became that famous jazz pianist. But as he is making his way into the pearly gates, he gets a second chance at life. And when he's asked, how are you going to spend your life from this day forward? He says, I am going to live every minute. Joe got the chance to assess his life and start over. Most people don't get that chance. We often hear stories about people on their deathbeds who mourn the life they never lived, the hugs they never gave, the I love you's never said, the person they never forgave, the family they didn't spend enough time with, the fact that they didn't do much for God or they never told that one person about how much God loves them. They think about all the things they've left undone. Today we have a gift, an opportunity while we're still alive on this side of heaven to assess our lives and to make a decision to fully live every single moment. In John 3, 3, Jesus says, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. If today is the day you meet God face to face, what would he say about the life he entrusted you with? He's not going to ask you how many followers you had on social media. He's not going to ask you if you spent 60 hours a week away from your family getting that one promotion that you so desperately wanted. If you drove your dream car, how many times you even came into the doors of a church. He's going to ask you, do you know my son? Do you know him as your personal Lord and Savior? God does not care who you are, what you've done, or where you've been. All he wants is your full surrender. Today is that day. There's too much at stake. I want to give you an invitation today to make a decision to live your life fully through salvation in Jesus Christ. If you have never acknowledged Christ's death on the cross for your sins, if you have not laid down your own goals and desires at his feet, if you have not given up who you are to become who God wants you to be, today is your day. Maybe you're like me. You've been to church for years. You may have said an empty prayer at some point, but there was no action. There was no life change. Maybe you gave your life to Jesus at some point. You fully surrendered, but for whatever reason, you have not been living your life in a way that honors the commitment you made. Today is your 
day. You need to ask God to help you once again to become fully alive. Maybe you hear a gentle whisper. Jesus is telling you, come. Maybe you feel a knot in your stomach and you know today's the day. Maybe you're like me and you feel your heart beating almost out of your chest because God is telling you today is the day. Tomorrow is not promised. Jesus wants you to come and lay everything at his feet and rest in who he is and what he's done. He is giving you an invitation to become fully alive today. If you want to respond to that invitation this morning, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. It is not an empty prayer. It's not just something you say. It is a verbal acknowledgement of a commitment that you are making to live your life fully for him after this moment to surrender and lay down all of your desires at his feet. If you want to commit your life to Christ or recommit your life to Christ, repeat this prayer after me aloud. Close your eyes and bow your heads. Jesus, I acknowledge that you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross for my sins. I put my full confidence and trust in you. I lay down all my desires and goals that do not line up with your will for my life. I declare that Christ who lives in me now directs and empowers everything I do from this moment forward. Today, I commit my life to you. Amen. You said that prayer this morning for the very first time, or you decided today to recommit your life to Christ, I'm going to ask you to stand. Two reasons. I want to celebrate with you. And two, I believe that if we meant that as not an empty prayer to God, but we meant it as a way to recommit our lives to him, that we're going to stand in boldness and say, God, today I choose you. If you made that commitment this morning, stand. If you're
you're watching online and you made that commitment this morning, please let us know. Fill out a communication card so we can connect with you. Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much this morning for the reminder that you have called us to live a life fully alive and surrendered to you. God, I thank you for reminding us to be bold in our faith so that when we leave this earth, we will have no regrets because we lived every moment, we lived every day through you and in you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, tonight we have um, our movie night tonight at 6 p.m. right here in the sanctuary. So please, please join us here. Thank you. Have a wonderful week.